When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige DeMacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, another Monday edition of the show. Chris Schubert, Jimmy Eisner, Jake Arians here with you. And it's the beginning of a new month, sort of kind of. We're 10 days in, but we have promised you that every month here during the offseason, you're going to get yourself a fantasy mock draft here on the show. And we are not here to disappoint. So the May edition of the mock draft, and this is this is a little bit of a different one. Full PPR, dynasty from scratch, this is if you if you had a dynasty league that was just starting today and you invited the three of us in uh, to that league. Jamie has randomized the order. We do not know the order. In previous times, we have known the order. We do not know the order here on the show. So, Jamie, I will pass the baton over to you here. Who has the distinguished honor of picking first overall in our May Dynasty mock draft. So before I hit the button to do all of this, uh, this is a, just a refresher. If you maybe had did not join us on our last mock draft show, by the way, go back and listen yeah, to it. It was I mean, great. It was twelve team you. redraft. But uh, we are picking as if we are we're going one round, twelve teams, all independent of each other. Yes. So we're not. So the first player Jake picks isn't doesn't involve the second player. We're not building teams. We are each going what we would do if we were in these draft slots with these players off the board. So we're going to go through the entire first round of a startup dynasty league, uh, which by the way, if you haven't joined one yet, I would highly suggest that you do. They are really fun. Uh, I like dynasty leagues a lot. I play them in baseball and hockey and, you know, Chris is in the hockey one with me as well. They're really fun and really engaging. And it allows you to kind of ride through the down years and start to build your team for the future. It may, it's more like a real GM like experience in the regular redraft format, but okay. Enough filibustering. With the first pick in the dynasty, and we'll go through one through 12, and then we will come back and make our picks. The first pick is mine, Jake's. No, Jake gets to make the no. first pick of the dynasty draft. Pick number two goes to me. No, what is this? Pick number three, Chris. I don't want this. I'm out. Pick number four, Chris again. So you got picks three and okay, four man. here, Jake's teams three and four. Jake is team five. I am team six. Jake is team seven. Okay. Chris, team eight. Okay. Jake, team nine. Boy, I get the rough end of the stick again here. Me, team 10. Chris, team 11. And then me again, team 12. So, so to I, recap. I hope you have that handy because I forgot everything you said. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jake picks one, five, seven, and nine. 
lot of odd numbers there. One, five, seven, and nine for Jake. I pick at two, six, 10, and 12. And Chris, you go three, four, eight, and 11. So let's okay. kick things off here with Jake. You've got the number one pick. If you were starting a dynasty redraft league today, who are you taking at the very, very top? You got the entire league to choose from. I don't think it changes that much. He's under contract. He's healthy. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Start this thing off. I still think that's the highest point total moving forward. And I don't see any reason not to go there. Feels like the easiest pick to make here, right? That feels like this is a no-brainer. No, no, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Dude, this just feels like the one. No, it definitely does. This is of the 12 12 selections. I think this is the easiest one to make because I think there's a consensus that he's the top fantasy player. And in a dynasty league, I know he had the injuries last year, but I want Christian McCaffrey on my team. Right. And also, like, he turns 25. Yeah. Yeah, he's young. Yeah. <laughs> he's, it feels like he's been around for a while, but he's going to turn 25 in, on June 7th, I believe. I looked it up this morning. So he's, he's young. He only has one year. He's under contract. We know what offense he's going to be in. And as the numbers I brought out, like even last year in that brief time he played, he was still over 30 fantasy points per game. Nobody can touch Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. Like it is Christian McCaffrey gap everybody else. So love the pick there. So – I will say, since you mentioned numbers, Jamie has started to share some of his projections in the back channels of the TD and fantasy Slack. And uh, you guys aren't ready for what some of these projections have, have bared out for the year. Which ones I shared with you. I'm through 10 teams already. So you shared with me, Zach Wilson, because we were having yes, a Zach Wilson you. conversation. Yeah. You also shared Trevor Lawrence with me. And then sure. I believe there was a Trey Sermon drop in there yeah that there happened was over yeah the I, I have an apology to jake to make at some point when we go back to that because yeah i, I ran through the numbers and i'm uh, i'm off the the trace thurman train <laughs> way See, already the wow, yeah this only happens like once a year it's happening this now. is why i do that and we'll get into all these if you follow the eisner board last year all these uh, there's gonna be like two to three hundred players that have full projections all this other stuff but that's why i do this because i can i can fall into the hype train as much as anybody else that's why i kind of want to sit down and look at everything objectively and then go Am I still really excited about this player? But those are for future episodes, Chris. Jamie, you're on the clock clock. with number two. So I'm going to go Dalvin Cook here. So I'm going to keep chalk with what we do in a regular draft. He's only 25. The last couple of years, he's played 14 games each. So I don't think he's any more of an injury risk now than anybody else at the running back position, which is already an injury risk. Has been a top three running back the last two years on, on a points per game basis. Like I mentioned already, young. We know what the offense is going to be run heavy. They've committed to him contract wise. I don't see any reason why to go to, to differentiate here. So redraft regular, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's Dalvin cook at the top for me. And I think this is kind of, it's chalk. I get it. It's not the most exciting things. And we'll get more interesting names as we get further down this round, but I can't make a legitimate argument to take anybody else here. And I know there's a name that people are screaming about and he's closer here than he would be in redraft leagues. But to me, cook has proven that he is an elite fantasy option that no longer has a significant injury risk relative to whatever you give a normal running back. I believe this puts me on the clock at pick number Next three, two correct? Picks, Next two picks. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to get us started here. Those were two chalky picks. We got to go in a direction that isn't chalk. So I'm going a little off the board here. I debated between two running backs. I'm take a, them both. <laughs> I might take them both, but for this team, for with the way the board has fallen, I'm going to take the younger not coming off of an injury running back and a guy that I think I can build my team around. Give me Jonathan Taylor here with the third pick 
in our draft. I considered Saquon Barkley. I think in dynasty formats, we can discuss him as a first round running back, but give me Jonathan Taylor. I like that offense a lot better. He's not coming off the injury the way Saquon is. I think I have a bigger window for him uh, to try to compete again in dynasty. It's all about your championship windows. I think Taylor gives me a better window. So I will take Jonathan Taylor with the third pick. I like it. Solid. He was number Solid. four for me on my board. So I, I, I love this. Uh, I think he's absolutely in this top five. I think it's pretty easy. Like, I think there's a gap for me after the top five, and we'll, we'll talk about who those players are. But dude's a monster. He's behind a strong, a mostly strong offensive line. You got to figure out that left tackle situation there. But on a team that's going to be competitive, a team that wants to run the ball, and he was extremely effective last year when they get, actually gave him the rock and let him be the man. Uh, can't complain about this pick at all. So – I'm now back on the clock with pick four, and I'm just going to explain my thought process, and maybe somebody will want to jump in and try to convince me of doing something. But I have Saquon Barkley, who's a consideration, but obviously coming off of an injury. Alvin Kamara, don't know what that offense is going to look like. And yes, this is dynasty, but I also need to consider what kind of year one returns I'm going to get as well. And if we're wasting a year of Alvin Kamara trying to figure out what the New Orleans offense is going to be, he's not getting any younger. Or I could start to kind of weed my way through this wide receiver group here that has got, you know, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. It's the kind of group I'm looking at here. And I don't know what I want to do. So I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because I think this is a, you know, part of why we do this is to kind of get you thinking about the mentality of this if you haven't done a Dynasty League before. Part of this is there's a strategy, because I've been asked this a lot. I'm starting Dynasty League. What should I know going in? That you need to have a, a plan in place from the very beginning of, do you want to compete in year one mm -hmm. or are you trying to build for three, four, five years down the road? Now I would say this, every championship's equal. So the championship you could win in 2021 is worth as much as the one you could win in 2022 or 2025, for example. So you have to make a decision because you will be presented not as much in round one, but as you get into the middle rounds with a lot of opportunities where Players who are objectively better right now are passed over for younger potential yep. upside. So you're going to have to make that decision going in. Are, are I going to try to build a team that's going to compete right now and I want to try to win a championship in these first two years of the league? Or am I going to try to build a team that I think will give me a chance to put the best unit out there in years three, four, and five? Because you're going to have to draft differently and you really don't want to get caught in between. Well, because finishing third or fourth every year isn't the goal. The goal is to win championships. So, yeah. so, Jamie, you're saying this is my real life scenario. Yes. Quit giving me draft picks and building for the future. Give me some freaking guys that help me put W's on the board now. Exactly. I like this. Like, I like where we're going here. And because we talk about quarterback, like we're not going to talk about quarterbacks in the top 12, but no. if we were talking about quarterbacks there, you're going to see a lot of people are going to say I, I, they're going to reach for guys like Joe Burrow. They're going to reach for guys like Trevor Lawrence or the yep. Zach Wilsons of the world or the, or those players where Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are going to get passed over. They're Matt Ryan's. I don't think anybody, if we just said, we're going to give you a redraft league would take Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson over, or even Joe Burrow, for example, over Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. No one's going to do that, but they might do that. And it's going to happen frequently in dynasty formats because they're thinking, down the road and there's a cost benefit analysis of yes. I'm, I'm sacrificing a little bit now but the potential gains two three years down the road are astronomical correct but you're also in a, a situation where you might be taking the qb 13 over the qb5 which correct. is going to hinder your chances to win this year even if it's going to maybe help you win down the road so that's all the consideration here now back to your dilemma here chris 
I still think it's a little early for a receiver. I think receivers are more in consideration by far in a first round of dynasty than they are in redraft, just because you're going to probably have a longer window with them. There's a safer floor with them just because of the running, the, the injuries with the running back position, the turnover, but I'd probably still go Saquon here because I get to look longer term. Now this goes back to the same strategy though. If I'm trying to win now, Saquon's not the pick here. If I'm building a team for three or four years from now, where I think that offense could be better, there's a better quarterback upgrade there. There's offensive line upgrades. He's further away from the ACL injury Then I'm much more intrigued, but this is the first spot where I really start to think about what my strategy is, whether I'm trying to win right now or win down the road. And and here's the, here's the tiebreaker that I'm going to go with, and we can continue on this journey to pick number five. I'm picking fourth in the first year redraft means I'm probably going to have a good group of players that continuously comes back to me if we're doing this in a stake format, which we are. I think I'm going to have a really good opportunity to pick some good players round in and round out. I'm going to try to go for it this year. I think if I'm picking more in the middle, if I'm picking six, seven, eight, nine, I think maybe you have to try because of the way the board's going to shake out. You may have to take some more potential guys. You may have to take some more risks. I'm going to go for it. Give me Alvin Kamara here with this pick. That is the running back I'm going to select. So I go Jonathan Taylor. I go with a little bit more um, future potential, but still a very good running back for this year with pick three. And then pick four, with the way the board plays out, I take Alvin Kamara. You could easily flip those, and I would feel just as comfortable with it. But that is the order in which I have done this. Like that so Jake puts Jake on the clock here at pick number five for team five here with four running backs off the board. So now the same dilemma is still around, right? But, um, huh? Well, I would love to say I'd like Tyree kill. Cause he ain't going anywhere with Patrick Mahomes for a while. I could, I could see this play. Devonte Adams thing goes, Ooh, buddy. I don't mm-hmm. know. Cause uh, if it ain't Aaron Rodgers and the back shoulder, beautiful chemistry that they have. I'm not sure I wouldn't go drop it on down and go with Jamie's boy, Aaron Jones, right there. I'm still going to go Saquon Barkley in this format at five now, but this pick at seven is going to get really interesting, Chris. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley at five. I'm going to ride this thing out this year. We're going to get decent production. Probably can't win my league because I went this way, but I'm going to build for the future with this one at five. I don't like anybody else more than that pick now. I hate it in redrafts, as you know. So this, this goes back to the point that Jamie was just making is that this team has made the commitment of, man, there's a talent like Saquon available. I'm going to potentially forego winning this season. Still could have a, a good year out of Saquon. Yeah. And if I build my roster well, I have still have a chance. But I'm looking more year two, year three, year four to where I get, I get peak Saquon back. And now I have a, a real building block for my franchise. And Jamie, look, let, me, let me ask you this because I, I don't think ETN is going to go in this top 12, right? No. So if I could get lucky on a guy like ETN – then maybe they're saying third down back, right? But by week three, he takes over. And Saquon gives me some stuff here and there. I got a chance in this league, right? If I got, but yeah. I got to hit something later rounds Correct. of a guy that you take potential on. Look, and there's the other factor here. There's two things that come into play. One, we could be wrong. I don't think we are, but we could be. And it's not like we haven't seen Saquon be elite. Like we're not projecting. Like Saquon's not about potential. It's about how he comes back from injury. We know what Saquon can be. He's performed in the NFL. And even with what I think is going to be a down year compared to what people expect, I still think he's going to be at worst an RB two. So it's not like you're getting, it's not like you're taking a player that's sitting on the bench right now. That's just not going to contribute or is going to be, you know, a 30% offensive snap type of a player. So you could still potentially win this year with a guy like Saquon, but I just don't think you're going to get top five value out of him where down the road, he could be the RB two, you know, in a couple of years yeah. again. So, but that's, that's the give and take. The other factor you have to consider here too, is that, 
you will have rookie drafts throughout every year of your dynasty. Yep. So if you are saying, I'm going to try to punt this year or punt next year, whatever it is, to try to get future prospects, understand you are probably going to finish poorly in your league and you're probably going to have a high rookie draft pick. So you might have a chance to draft one of the top running backs next year or one of the top wide receivers or one of the top quarterbacks. You might decide, you know, I'm going to sit back and wait. I'm going to take Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and then maybe next year I'm going to come back with a Spencer Rattler if I think I'm going to get one of the top picks and all these other things that you can kind of put in the equation as you start to, to build your team. But this is why I say you have to know what you're going to do beforehand because your entire draft strategy is going to factor specifically on are you competing for now or are you competing long-term? And, and just because you compete now doesn't mean you can't build long-term, but you have to make bigger upside moves later in the draft for like bench spots on those guys where you're going to make, take bigger risks early on because you know, I'm trying to build a, a super team years down the road if everything clicks. Right. But again, you do that at the sacrifice of, of years one and two. And my last point about that, unless you're playing in a league with a bunch of your friends or a bunch of potentials or a bunch of professionals, be wary of the long, long-term rebuild because uh, everybody loves to start a dynasty league. It's tough to keep them all together three, four, five, six, seven years down the road. So unless you're with it, like uh, my dynasty leagues were with a bunch of my, what in hockey, it's with a bunch of my professional buddies. Uh, in my baseball league, it's a bunch of my college buddies that I went to school with. And we started back when we were in college. If you have something like that, you probably don't have to worry about it. But if you're just joining a league with a bunch of randoms, I would be cautious because the odds are you get into years three, four, five are a lot lower. So just kind yeah. of be aware of that, especially if there's cash money on the line, you want to win that money right away. So, but back to the strategy here, uh, I'm up to pick number six and I love the point Jacob made about the wide receivers because the consensus, no doubt, there's not an argument to be made and nobody can make it to me. Number one receiver in fantasy when Aaron Rodgers is playing football is Devontae Adams. But because of the question marks that are around him now and whether or not Rodgers I think he plays there this year. I'm not convinced he plays there next year. So I have to start thinking longer term here. Devontae Adams is not my wide receiver one for Dynasty. Uh, he's not my wide receiver two for Dynasty. He's not even my wide receiver three for Dynasty on my list right now. He falls down to the wide receiver four for me. I'm going to go Tyree Kill here. Uh, he's my top wide receiver choice. He's young. He has a very clear role in the offense. He's got the best quarterback in football. He's not going anywhere. Uh, to me, it's it's weird to, to use this term with Tyreek Hill and the type of player that he is. He's a safe pick because the variables around him are constant. Now, and again, last year he wasn't as boomer bust as we've come to see. Like, and we walked through that on the on the last show that we did with the mock draft. He has a lot less variables around him. He's got the age benefits. Got the great quarterback play. Uh, to me, he would be the clear number one wide receiver for me. I would consider a couple of the running backs here. I think he's in this next tier here that includes Kamara, who's already off the board, and a couple other names I won't mention because I don't want to steal anybody's thunder here. But uh, he's my clear top wide receiver if I was doing a dynasty restart right now. So while you just snake Tyreek Hill from me, because <laughs> I agree with everything you just said, 100%. I could go with my alma mater boy and A.J. Brown. We'll start with high school Yellow Jacket shout-out, start from Mississippi. But I'm not going to go there. I have questions about this offense. Well, I think he is elite. He is a number one stud. I like Tannehill. You guys know that. I've been big on there. They still want to run the rock. They've added pieces. He hasn't been healthy. I could go DK Metcalf. And while I will say I give him all the props in the world of trying to be an elite sprinter, I could have told you he wasn't running faster than 10-3 and the 10, 10 flat 10 ones winning high school championships of elite sprinters. But, dude, give him all the credit in the world. He looked like a monster against boys in that 100 meters that he ran. 
and it was impressive. I got to give them all the props and rub. I'm not going to go there either. They got more mouths to feed in Seattle. They want to take Russ out of the kitchen. I'm going to go Stephon Diggs. I love what's going on there for the next three or four years. I don't think he's ever going to touch what he did last year, Jamie. I'm not saying that's ever going to happen again in his career, but I'm saying he's going to get 90% of that for the next four or five. I love the run after the catchability. I love the ability to go deep. The entire route tree is in play. I love the chemistry with the quarterback. When you're talking about the Devonta Adams, Aaron Rodgers thing, the next guys on the list that I see that are close is Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen in year one. Well, I, said, I don't think they'll ever get back to what they did last year. If they get to 90% of it, man, I'm going to be happy. And I want to try to get a little bit outside the box here because this pick is in a weird yeah. territory at seven, right? I could have gone those other guys, but I like this one. I like this one a lot. I like it too. He didn't quite make my top 12, but he would have been in my top 15. Like he's in that conversation. And then I think the, the tiers here get a lot thinner because yeah. it, again, yeah. it goes back to roster construction, what you're trying to do. I can't blame I'm you. trying to win this league now. That, that's well, and also, on that, with that but we talk about variables. We have, we know who the quarterback is. We know how well he played. Diggs is only 27. Like we talk about that. This is where this, these factors in longer term, you have to think about more, than just the player itself. So I, I can't hate on that pick at all. I liked it a lot. Uh, Chris, you're on the board. Oh, it, eight. It, it is me. Okay. I wasn't sure. You. Boy, boy, is this another tough spot for me here? Um, I'm looking at this group of wide receivers that we, that was just mentioned and, and Jake, you didn't mention a guy. You didn't mention a guy that I'm taking here with this oh, pick. You're taking. Yeah. He's my wide receiver too. Give me Justin Jefferson. I feel like this is, this is really obvious. I think he's 21 years old. I think this is the perfect blend for this spot in the order. What am I picking? Eighth? This is a both. I can get production now that I can win with. But also, he's only 21. He's going to be there when they pick a new quarterback, when they move on from Kirk Cousins. I now have a long-term window as well. I have my wide receiver one. Do I think he matches what he did last year? No, that was an incredible rookie season that's going to be very hard to live up to. But he can still be really, really special, both short and long-term. I love this pick. I'm surprised that he's made it through here down to eight, but I am more than happy to take Justin Jefferson here and get myself a wide receiver one. Yeah. No, I don't I want what, what what even wasn't even a consideration at seven. That's oh. why I didn't mention him. I can make that. I mean, it's an okay. It's okay. I, I like kids a stud. The biggest thing here is he can beat man, so he can he can be a stud and no matter who the quarterback is and what's going on. But they want to run the ball first. Adam Thielen's still there. Irv Smith's now taking over a bigger role in the tight end position. Dalvin Cook's still the main focal point of the entire offense. And Kirk Cousins, while he can be elite from week, you know, weeks to weeks and whatever it is, a month, even a month at a time, how long is he going to be there now with Kellen Mond in the future? If Kellen Mond is your quarterback and you're going there for a dynasty league, I don't know if I like this for four years. It's another factor you have to consider. What does the QB future in Minnesota look like? As maybe as immediate as next season. So, I mean, it's going to be really not, not obviously not 2021, but 2022. Jake, you're back on the clock here at number nine. You're going to go with one of those other wide receivers that you mentioned, or you're going to go with a running back? Ah, you know, I might go a little outside the box again here. It might be a little, little early. Derrick Henry's contract situation is interesting. His guy is gone. I know they still want to run the offense the exact same way, but it's full point PPR, and I'm just not big on that. Nick Chubb's the exact same kind of thing. 
I'm going to go Cam Akers. I knew it. I just knew he was going to sneak him in here. This is the that second was my That was going to be my, that that was gonna be my pick Cam next. Cam Akers into the first round. Uh, well, good. Then I got Jamie back for Tyreek. Look, this kid's elite, man. He proved the end of the season. Carrying the load, three down back, catching an explosive home run hitter. He's got really the ability. I didn't see coming out of Florida State to be this much of a home run hitter. Team. Like I, I, He was explosive down the stretch for them. I love this kid. I think he's a monster year. I think Matt Stafford with a running game is only going to help this kid. He just has to stay healthy. But I mean, I think you got four or five year window here of monster production. Yeah, I, I really like that. The only question I have is just making sure Sean McVay just sticks with him. That's the only question. Uh, just because he's moved around with different backs. But yeah, he would have been my pick there. Uh, I, I The way they leaned on him late in the year, how he handled that load under tough circumstances. There's a QB upgrade there. I love that pick a lot. Um, I'm on the clock here at number 10, and I'm going to go with one of the running backs that you mentioned. Uh, I'm going to go Nick Chubb here. And I know it's full point PPR, so he, he doesn't go a little bit higher than this, and his his ceiling is kind of capped. But he's been a top 10 running back the last two years. He finishes the RB6 last year in full PPR. I think Kareem Hunt gets traded in the next year or two. I don't think I don't see him being there long term. Uh, he For as hard as he runs, he doesn't have – as many miles on him as you would think because he's missed some time there. He has that one 298 carry season two years ago, but doesn't even have 200 in the other two seasons. So I still think he's got plenty of tread left on his tires. I still think he's a the, more the quintessential as you're picking in this back part of the round, that high floor guy. I, I don't think he has the potential to be a top three running back any se- season just because he doesn't catch enough passes. And I don't think he's going to catch enough passes, but he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to be leaned on heavily. And when he plays, he's going to give you, RB1 production constantly. So I'm going to take him here at pick 10, which Jamie, I will up. say this yeah. about Chubb. You, and I, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but there's two or three, four times a year. They throw a screen pass. He takes it 80 to the house. You can, you can chalk it. You can print down. He's going to have a couple monster weeks because he's going to take a screen pass to the house from however far back. It might be the only catch, but I love that part of his game. He's really, really elite in the screen game. They don't run it as much. Now that Freddie kitchens is gone but it's still going to happen a couple of times. That's why I was considering him at the pick before. Chris, you are oh, This the is clock me again. I you, told yes. you I was going to forget the order. I have no idea. You, you, I mean, you could have wrote it down, but that's I okay, Chris. That, yeah, that's no, okay. You're only the producer, but that's all right. Uh, pick 11, Chris, is your final pick of the round. So let me ask you You got a lot of options question. here, including do. two players that typically go in the top six or seven of regular it's true. draft leagues. Are they all these players in consideration for you? They are, and I guess I, I want to open this kind of pick up for a, kind of a floor discussion here. Do you guys feel in this dynasty format, if you're picking here in this 11-12, and I know I kind of mentioned this earlier, but there's an opportunity to really kind of, because in a snake format, you're going to be picking so close back-to-back every time. Is this the kind of opportunity? Is this the kind of spot where you're like, you know what, I'm going to try to win this year because there are going to be some good players that, that the people are going to leave on the board because they're going to go for the high, for the more high upside. Yes. They're going to go for the – like I feel like this is this is a spot where I take an Aaron Jones. That's not my pick yet. It could be. But this is kind of a scenario where I say, I take one of those guys because I know I'm going to get great production here in year one, and I just try to go for it. I mean, as I sit here right now, and Chris, you, you would pick twice in four picks. I'm coming up at 12. I pick twice in a row. There are three players that are inside my top eight that I would take in the top eight of redraft leagues that are still available. So there's a decent chance you can get two top eight players to right. start your start your team, which puts you in a again, assuming everything goes well, injury, luck, all that other all those other caveats, puts you in a really strong position to potentially win the league right out of the gates. And, and that's and that's kind of where I'm leaning. So the two names that I'm considering, Derek Henry's just kind of sitting out there, just kind of hanging out, and then Aaron Jones and. 
I know there are questions about the Tennessee offense, and I get it. But ultimately, between A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, if there's one guy in the Tennessee offense that I think, no matter what changes, what differences could come in this Tennessee offense, I have zero concern about Derrick Henry. He is going to be the pick. He is the guy that I'm going to build this team around. And now, more than likely, when this cycles back around here, and Jamie mentioned he's got back-to-back picks, I'm looking at potentially nabbing one of the tight ends. Kelsey or Kittle could be an option there for me. I look at the wide receiver group. There's still some names there. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. There are still some names on the board there. DeAndre Hopkins. So I think this team put themselves in a really nice position to get an impact player in year one and then have a really nice opportunity to go with a nice one-two punch. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the, and this is why I talk about that strategy so much because I'm in the same boat here because there's a part of me that goes, I'm picking at 12 and I could easily just go Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, or I could easily just, you know, go, go with players like that or Travis Kelsey and Aaron Jones or Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams. And those, again, we're talking top 10 picks there that I get to go back to back with at 12 and 13. I'm going to try to, I only get to pick one here because I'm picking at 12. I, I there's a really close range here with a lot of these players here, um, but I'm going to take the chance on AJ Brown. And I, I just, cause I believe in the talent so much. I believe in the quarterback. I want to see what happens with the offense there. I want to see what happens with the other weapons. You know, they have Josh Reynolds there, uh, but they don't really have the same caliber weapons that they had before. But to me, the potential with AJ Brown and why I like him so much here and why I don't think he can, he could sneak out of the first round for me is he does so much with so little in terms of target volume for an elite receiver. If there's ever a chance that that volume gets increased 10%, 15%, 20%, you're talking wide receiver one caliber production. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think as we talk about some of these guys and we, we talk about upside, like I don't know how much more upside there is for a DK Metcalf than what he did last year, which was amazing, by the way, but I think that's the, that's the peak. Uh, Devonte Adams would have been the pick here. I just don't trust the quarterback situation going forward. So I mean, it, it creates it, it, too many conf- too much confusion. He would have been off the board, there. right? I mean, yeah, we like know he's not, he's... by the time you actually do this, we know what's going on there. He's, yeah, he's it's gonna be, it would be different, right? right? And, and right. even but okay. but if, assuming that Rodgers plays next year, I still think he's gonna not be there in a year. So Jamie, I, I will say, if Rodgers goes back, I think he finished his career there. Okay, so but that's all. I don't think I don't think he's going back. I think if he goes back, then they mend fences. Somebody gets fired, whatever it is, they appease him and he finishes career. I don't think there's any way in hell he goes for one year and then bounces. But well, you're dealing with the same thing next year. I mean, I think it's true. somebody picks up the dead money. Some ownership group says, we'll pay you 25 of the 30 for the next two years of the dead money. We want him. Here's the haul that you get for him too. I, I look, I don't I don't take Brett Favre's word on a lot of things. When it came, when it came to this and what he said last week, I'm gonna put a lot of stock in it. Yeah. And by the way, that, that has to be considered for Russell Wilson too. Like there's a, yes. good, there's a chance Russell Wilson gets traded a year from now. I mean, so, yes. I mean, that's just something that we have that to That one consider. I agree wholeheartedly with your thing. If he plays this year in Seattle and then he's gone. So and, all those things we said, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with AJ Brown because I think of all okay. the top receivers, there is still room for him to grow, which means there can still be some growing pains and him still be highly successful. So I don't, I cannot let him get out of the first round for me. Uh, so if I'm picking there in those final couple picks, I will take AJ Brown. He just get, does so much, Jamie. If he's healthy for the entire yeah. season, I think that volume share you're talking about can go up 10, 12, 15%, especially now that he's the number one, number one. I mean, Corey Davis, of course, he was the number one over that, but he came on strong last year. Yeah. For somebody else to take up that slack, I think if A.J. Brown's healthy, he could be a top five receiver in the league. They throw it enough, and they're going to, if his volume goes up just by the sure fact that he's healthy, and he does so much run after the catch. I, I love that. That's why I was considering him earlier. 
But that's I think that's a steal at the end of the first round. And I also think, Jamie, too, and tell me your thoughts on this, but any of these guys that you picked, even if you went into it with the strategy of, oh, I'm trying to win now, or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to build for the future. With the way the season plays out, let's say you were trying to win now and it doesn't work. Now you have a pretty big trade chip that's available yeah. for a team that is trying to win. So there's that thing. That part of it has to be factored in as well. You have to understand that every one of these picks is now a trade chip that I could very easily turn into building for the future. Or if I do find myself in a position where I can go for it now, I have players that I can move to try to do so. And some of these players are both. You yes. know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, you don't always have to put these guys in the same bucket. Like AJ Brown is a win now and win in the future type of a player. So, yeah. you know, so same thing with Cam Akers, same thing with Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. And like a lot of these guys are going to fit both categories. So you're not going to run into too many of these issues in round one. You will start to immediately run into these issues outside of round one mm -hmm. because you're going to be because you're going to be conflicted with do I take the player that I know is better right now or do I take the player that has the longer future upside? Do I take the mid thirties guy that I know is going to be highly productive or am I going to take the young upstart at the position or am I going to load up on young running backs or load up on, on wide receivers? Like that is when this is going to come into play, but you have to kind of know which direction you want to head when you start, just in case you come across the, the Saquon Barkley's you come across the, you know, I, I'm not taking Cam Akers with the ninth pick in redraft, but like, he's not going that much farther down, but that's where you have to decide where if I'm winning now, you, you're clearly taking Henry above 11. Like if you're winning now, you take, you, you want to take him higher because you don't care about everything else. And you're going to basically look at this as if it's a regular redraft league and go, I'm trying to win now. I'm trying to win next year and I'll figure it out down yeah. the road. Then at that point, you put the blinders on, you avoid the eye candy of all the young players and all the rookies and sophomores that are going to be going two, three, four rounds higher than they normally would. And just go, I'm putting the best team on the field. I'm putting the best team on the field. But you have to know that going in. Right. You have to have that preconceived decision of what you want to be. And I think a lot of that is dictated by where you're picking in the draft, right? Where you end up in, in the first, however you guys decide, your randomizer, you, you, whatever you do, you pick names to do or determine the draft order. That's going to determine, I think, a lot uh, in which the strategy you go in. Uh, and that would think? always be my strategy. I don't want to cut sure. you off. That would always be my strategy, except for I fall to five right there. If this is August... I'm taking Devontae Adams because I know the situation if it's Aaron right. Rodgers. I'm not, yes. I'm not taking him over Saquon Barkley because I'm always in on I want to win now. But I can see how this would go, and I'd almost have two strategies. I'm going to go in with build for the future unless this, this, and this, this happen. This mm -hmm. And if they do, I'm going to do exactly what Jamie said. I'm going to throw strategy one out the window, and I'm going to go, I'm going to win now because I got this player that I didn't think was going to fall to me here, and he did. And if it happens again – I'm throwing it out. I'm going blinders, put the best team on the field, and I'll figure it out later. I love what Chris said, too, about every one of those guys is trade bait. I think that's what's basically making me so fat, like fantasy uh, excited about the, the dynasty format is, like, it, there's a lot more going on in your GM brain of trade, pick yep. this guy up. I love what I saw last week. I know that situation and, and that city and that, that organization, that head coach. I'm going to trade for that player now, and maybe I, I got Saquon Barkley at five. I could still switch that to win next year by trading that pick. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that becomes fascinating. And as you get deeper into this, where you start to be able to trade future picks, if you want, I'm trying to win now, I'm going to trade my first round pick in the rookie draft to get this player that helps you win a championship. And, you know, another team that's out of it is now has an incentive to be active and be paying attention and be making moves that, you know, to help their team in the future, instead of just being, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm three and seven. I'm just going to stop paying attention to my league anymore.
Uh, the last thing I want to bring up, because okay. this goes back to an experience that Jake and I had a few years ago, and I want to know because there are a few leagues, especially as you get into the more professional leagues that do this. Jake, if you had to bid real money on a draft slot, and you remember this from when we went to the fantasy football oh, yeah, championships buddy. in Vegas, it was a fascinating event to watch. You, you've now seen how the first round played out. Where would you, what would you spend, I guess, what slot would you spend the most money to try to get? Now that you've kind of seen how this played out, avoid necessarily the players that we took because, you know, different teams would take different players. Are you like, I, I got to get McCaffrey. I'm, I'm willing to pay up for that. Or is there another spot that you really like in this snake format that goes, you know, this is kind of a sneaky good spot, whether it's the break of the tier or whether it's like, I want to be toward the end and make two picks right away and kind of see what everybody else's strategy is before I reel my cards. Is there a spot you like the most here? If we were doing this format, because that night you and I walked out of there going, okay, they overpaid for the top five. Now, going into that year, there was a lot more players. It was like seven or eight running backs that were loaded. Yep. So we were thinking, okay, seven's the, the prime spot. Five actually dropped, and we could have got it at a good price. And then I was like, all right, I want to just wait it out. I'll go 11 or 12. In this format with this these guys on the board, I think I got to get inside the top four. I don't know that I want to pay the money for one because that number – that was insane that night. Like they went crazy yeah. to get one hundreds and hundreds of dollars, by the way, we're talking. Yeah. yeah just for the, yeah. just in the, the just, draft, just the draft spot. Of position for, by for a $10,000 buy-in league where they were yeah. sitting there watching this. Is like they have a GM and an assistant GM around this freaking table. This was awesome. This was fascinating. Jamie, I sat there without saying a word for like an hour and a half just watching. And then we were just mind blown of what we were watching. I think in this one, I got to get in the top three. I think it's gotta be Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook, Jonathan Taylor, and I kind of like three, to be honest with you. I think, I think I'd pay a decent money to get there, but I'm not going to pay enough to get it a one or two. But there's so many question marks at this point. The Devontae Adams thing really throws me off because I think he's got five more years of just monster whatever if he's with Aaron Rodgers. I think I still got to get inside the top three, though, James, or I'm going to fall all the way down. I like 12. My biggest question to you is who's going to be 13? Who's going to be the first, first pick of the second round for you? Got to be I Aaron think, Jones. Uh, it Are you probably, yeah, probably would have been – it probably would have been Jones. Yeah, there you go. Open the door for me. But to you, still got, you still got the question Let's marks go. there if Aaron's gone, right? That's I what guess. I'm saying. So, like, I'm not sure if I would have gone Jones. Like, I want to go with one of those two Packers there. Like, if, if you told me Rodgers going back, it's Adams. But he's going earlier than that. Right. Uh, I, I would have considered Kelsey uh, in this Ooh. spot. In this spot here. my here's, my th here's my thing with Kelsey, though. Like, Kelsey, as he's going to age, I don't think the production is going to drop off enough. There. I think the, for, for this format, I think it's worth saying on this show, He's got to be in your consideration inside your top 14 here. Yes. Because even though we can't – a couple of years from now, he's not going to be able to run the same way. But the nuance in the relationship with Patrick Mahomes, we know he's not volume. going anywhere. It's the volume's still going to be there. The nuance is sitting in his zone. Maybe it's not the upside plays. But he's still going to have 8, 10, 12 targets a game. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think Tony Gonzalez at the end, he couldn't run. But you couldn't cover him either, especially if you're playing zone. So, like, I, wanna, I think it's worth noting here that people are like, oh, he's getting up there for a dynasty right not necessarily i don't see that production going anywhere for four or five years i'm so glad you brought up gonzalez's name because it's the first thing that came to mind of just how productive he was in that like atlanta run uh you know toward yeah. the end there where he was still very productive for fantasy purposes it's uh i think for me i would be uh, same thing i don't want to fall out of the top four if i believe somebody in my league is super high on saquon which i think most leagues are going to be that i'm fine sitting back at four if that comes cheap and getting the remainder of whether it's cook or taylor that falls there uh, if I'm in a lot of, if I can leave with you guys, so I know you're not taking Saquon in the top three, <laughs> then I know I have to get up to three at least. But to me, I think McCaffrey, I would love to get him, but I, 
for a price per dollar standpoint, I imagine I'd be perfectly fine with Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, Chris, uh, I think there was like a $700 difference, Shane, between going up to get, going up to get McCaffrey at three. And that thing we watched was probably like 800 to hundred or 200 bucks. Yes. It was that big of a difference to go, okay, I'll I'll pay a hundred bucks and sit at three and get, uh, you know, 90% of the production. So McCaffrey, like you said, though, it's, there's such a difference between him and the next guy. I get it. It's it's almost worth doing that, but he finally had the injury. And is that going to be a thing that could follow him? All he actually had two last year. It's worth saying. True. It wasn't that he came back and had the shoulder after he had the big game in Kansas City, which then the combination of things knocked him out for a few more weeks. Look to me, all things equal. You want pick one, but I, I think you can survive if again, if you actually do this format where you're actually paying real dollars. I'm not paying six x, seven x, eight x to go to one from two or three. Because Chris, you can wrap us with this. What would you do? What, what, so, what the, what's the spot? Would you would you pay for it? Would you be big big bucks Schubert over no, there and just I, pay I, up for pick number one? I wouldn't, and this might make me a bad fantasy manager, but I agree with you guys that those top three picks are certainly um, a good spot to be. Give me one of the last three picks. I, I like this kind of structure in a snake format where I get to pick twice in a short span, and I get to really, if even if I'm going with the strategy of trying to build for the future, I can get two good rookies. I don't have to worry about getting sniped. I don't have to worry about somebody stealing my player because I'm picking really close. Or if I'm trying to go all in, there's not a lot of players that are going to be taken in between my two picks where I'm going to be able to get two really good players. So I think if I'm not picking at that top three, the worst place you can be in a fantasy draft, specifically in dynasty formats, is that middle middle ground where you just you just don't know the way the board's going to shake out. You don't know uh, what strategy to pick because it's going to constantly change. There's going to be runs on certain positions. Give me, yeah, give me five, the first seven three. and nine was not no, fun today. Yeah. <laughs> give me the first three or give me one of those last three. Give me 11 or 12. I would love to be sitting there because I think that's a great spot to be specifically maybe I just, in a maybe first I just, year format. Yeah. Maybe I just can't fathom building for the future and everything I want to do is win, is win now. But I agree with you, man. If I'm sitting at 11 or 12, I think that's your best chance to win the league next year. You're taking guys because there's going to be four or five guys ahead of you. And it happened in this one. Not necessarily because we know each other and we're, I, you know, Jamie Snake, me, I got him back with Cam Akers. But, like, still there's guys going higher. You could have had a hell of a first two picks with that. I mean, I, I'm fascinated looking at the guys that are still on the board here, what, what round two would look like. That is going to do it for us here uh, on the mock draft. I, I, this is being a bad producer and a bad host here. I don't know what we're doing on Wednesday's show. There's something on a schedule somewhere that I have to go find. But we do have a plan for Wednesday's show. I just don't remember. But don't miss it. But don't miss it because it's going to be a good one. Whatever it is, it is going Guarantee to be a good one. Or your money back. Uh, the draftnetwork.com, the fantasy tab, where you can find all of Jamie's uh, player rankings, and he is updating them throughout the course um, of this process. He just did his uh, post-draft update to the rankings and actually shows yep. you where players have moved up and down. I know we talked about it last week, but maybe for those of you, those, those of you that didn't see that, those are over at the draftnetwork.com uh, underneath the fantasy tab. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio, and follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Hope everyone has a great start to their week. We will talk to you on Wednesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.